0: Resistance. Joy, the resistance. Come on, let's start by hey
1: everybody, welcome to episode 299, Nine-nine. Nine-nine. Nine. pop culture continuum, uh, this is John Elliott,
2: and this is Patrick Riccardi. This week we are doing Grant Hart versus Bob Mould. Yeah. You're saying that whole long name for the album.
1: Every time a new Bob album comes out, I force Pat to do a, an episode. So yeah, Grant Hart, good news for Modern Man uh, from 1999. His second it... solo uh, album.
2: So, so we did his first solo album previously? Yeah.
1: So his second solo album was 10 years after his first. And his third
2: <laughs> was 10 years after his second. What was he doing in those 10 years between? Eating hot dogs. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I know he did art and stuff, but I don't know that he, like, yeah, I don't know how he made a living. I um, did
2: read something about right when Husker, or what's it? It's not Husker. It's Husker Da oh broke up. He uh, he thought he had HIV.
1: Oh, yeah, because he was a heroin addict and gay. So yeah, um, I remember. I mean, I vaguely remember that, but I, yeah, I think it didn't turn out to be anything.
2: Right. It's just that's a weird story. That yeah. I mean, <laughs> how how did he think he had it? Was it just like I think I have it today, or did he get a test and it was wrong?
1: <laughs> or was he just sick? He had a cold. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like in the '80s, if you were like a. a needle user or, or a gay right. man yeah, who had unprotected sex. Anytime you felt sick, you're like, ah oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, Grant Hart, uh, good news for a Modern Man. Um I don't know what did you think of the Elm overall? I guess I should ask you that. I've listened to it forever, so I know my feelings, but
2: I've I've never listened to it before. It was good. It was fun. It had it had neat stuff to it. Of the if if we're comparing the two and we are, I like the Bob Mould album better, but it it was interesting. I, and have, is twenty five forty one on his first? Yeah. Okay. Th- that twenty five forty one is better than anything on this album.
1: Yeah, I think this album is very like low key, kind of sixties pop, but it is very like I don't know, hummable. Mm-hmm. Like all. Yeah, the- it's almost like nursery rhyme ish. Like, I, I don't know. He's very good at just doing things that stick in your head, I guess melodies.
2: And the song I picked out, which we'll talk about eventually. Um, well, I we can wait till we talk about it, but yeah, it, it is very sing and. Yeah. Sing song
1: is a good, is a good way to describe the, the album. Yeah. Like nothing's going to blow you away on it, but it is like, he's got the song craft. Um, well, we'll do my my picks first, since they come first chronologically. Uh, I, my first one was Nobody Rides for Free, um, and it's just him, I don't know, he's just like doing a bunch of quick kind of nonsense rhymes in the verses, and then and then the chorus. It took me forever to realize when he says, um, is it pick or choose one of the three, Nobody Rides for Free, and I was like, oh... Gas, grass, or ass—that's one of the, <laughs> That's the three. That's like the saying. I didn't. It didn't even like occur to me.
2: That's that's what I thought of when I saw the name of the the song, but I didn't pick up on choose one of three. So that is funny.
0: Um,
1: yeah, and it's like I said, just low key, catchy. Um, it's got like all like well, most of his solo stuff, it's got like a a sixties pop vibe, mm-hmm. um, and.
2: This song, I don't know if the rest of the album has this as much, but it has a strong piano background to it.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got some um, piano. I think like probably not mixed as high on some other songs, but
2: yeah, it's just, it's really prevalent in this song. Yeah,
1: um, it's another one man band album where he plays everything. So
2: oh, I didn't know that.
1: Which um, I'll talk about more on the next song, but um, for now, let's just let's listen to a little bit of nobody rides for free.
0: In a tree
1: Uh, the, the next song is also my pick. It's called Run, Run, Run to the Sontre Pompidou. Um, Which is
2: a Beach Boys song.
1: Yeah, basically it sounds like the Beach Boys. Really <laughs> really the the group you want to try to do all by yourself, right? <laughs> um, and yeah, the Santra Pompidou is this god-awful, ugly center in uh, Paris. I don't really know what the hell the song's about. I mean, it's just about being in Paris and trying to meet somebody, I guess, at the Centre Pompidou. But yes, Beach Boys, um, and I can't. It, it had to take him a long ass time to do all the vocals and stuff on this one. <laughs> um, so that's that's impressive. And like you said, Beach Boys, it is. I think it's maybe the the catchiest. Like if there was a single from the album, which there wasn't, I would say this one. Although I mean, it wouldn't have gone anywhere in '99. But
2: so so just this, this just came out as an album there was no single singles released
1: yeah yeah
2: how's that work i thought everything had singles no nope. i just... mean i think
1: i don't even know it was it was pachyderm was the record label which might have just been his own record label i don't because i don't know anything about it um okay i never really heard of it um so he probably just did it didn't have the money to release singles or whatever um what happens when you wait 10 years to record your (laughs) follow-up album he did have a band in between the two albums nova mob um like 92 to 94 95 uh but they weren't it wasn't that great um uh, yeah there's you you already said it it's a beach boys homage basically um but i like it it's sunny and And also, catchy, let's listen to Run 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 to the Centre Pompidou. your pick i probably would have picked if you hadn't picked it
2: a letter from anne marie yeah uh it's 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 like everything else it's a sing song song but this one especially off this album reminds me of something that would be in a in a musical it just kind of has that quality to it that It's telling a little story and it's 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 it's, it's we've said over and over that it's melodic and it just had that feel to it to, to me yeah and it has that's that true. interesting start with the, the weird percussion going on Go ahead, sorry
1: yeah no that's that's true it could be from musical it's very like you said very melodic and also very um repetitive which is in that style um and and memorable more of a kind of um kind of a mournful tone more to this one although still catchy um yeah let's just take a listen we are terrible at talking about music um Here is a letter from Anne Marie. I agree with you. It's like not. um, It's it's not a great album, but it's a good album, and I think he he never really got the recognition he deserved as a as a songwriter and a and an instrumentalist. I mean, he did play everything and a vocalist.
2: I'm trying to place this album in time, but what else is what else is going on in '99 in music? Like,
1: I know, I mean, I remember the Magnetic Fields' '69 Love Songs' came out that year, and then I'm struggling to think of other stuff. Like, it was like the end of Britpop and and all that. Um,
2: that's interesting because uh, one of the songs on this album really reminded me of um, I can't remember the name of it now, but I mean, a, a letter from Anne Marie actually reminds me of Magnetic Fields. The opening of it reminds me of uh, uh, the Bunny Rabbits. Uh, uh, how's that? What's the name of the Bunny Rabbits song? What the hell are you talking about, man? On six nine love songs are something. I, I know.
1: I know. Well, now you fucked me up by saying "bunny rabbit" because I know the word bunny's not in there. Um, yeah, what, whatever that song is. Yes. But
2: the, but the opening of it reminds me a lot of of, uh, of this song. But that's that's interesting. They came out the same year. So yeah, that's ninety nine. What else? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What else is?
1: I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think it was probably, like I said, it was like the end of the Britpop pop stuff. Um, I, I'm trying to think. It was. It's probably, damn, I don't even know what the fuck I was listening to. Uh, Magnetic Fields is literally the only thing that's coming up for me right now. Actually, you know what? Let me do a quick search of uh, 99 albums. Let's see what was going on. Uh, Okay, The Soft Bullet and The Flaming Lips. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Back Midnight Vultures, that was a good album.
2: Oh, that's 99 th- i would have thought that was later
1: um things fall apart the roots another good album um yeah i don't know th- there's not a lot going on in 99 from from this list anyway um pretty shitty year for music oh slater kenny had an album
2: Ooh. okay i just it's just uh let's pretend we're bunny rabbits is the name of the song um oh it, wait, just... it
1: does have bunny in it why didn't i think it did
2: it's just a yeah let's it's, pretend
1: we're bunny rabbits yeah you're right it,
2: it is it is you know why this didn't you know place higher i guess it's just his it didn't have the name recognition it was 10 years after the other one and yeah i
0: guess yeah
1: I, no name recognition understand. no i mean no promotion obviously no money right. for that kind of stuff so um but yeah i mean it could have it's I a
2: good know. album i mean it's, yeah like I said, it's not of these two i don't like it as much but I don't know. It's still good.
1: Um. Yeah. R. I. P.
2: Yeah, that's funny. I thought it was recent. That's it was a while ago.
1: Yeah, man. That's
2: twenty one years at least. No, no, I'm talking about when he died. Oh. It
1: was like five thousand twenty one years in the Jewish calendar. Jeez. Um. Yeah, yeah. He. I, yeah. When did he die? It was like. 2017. 17, okay. Yeah, that's too bad, but we both liked his last album, The Argument, a lot. Yeah. That was a really good album. He went out on a good one. And I saw this, like, there's this documentary on him. Um, It's on, like, Netflix or Amazon Prime, I think. Um, And, like, he looked really, like, not well and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if he's like on drugs again." But, you know, I guess it was just he was sick. Uh, he
2: must have known cuz he got married in July and they died he they, he died in September. So I'm wondering if they got married just to get, you know, what things set up. Yeah, so I, think, I think I think so. He he definitely
1: knew. Um he knew for a while. I was reading the when that Numero Group released that obscurity box set. They were like working with him and that guy like wrote some article and yeah, he was saying how he knew he was like, this, I hope this comes out before I'm gone and blah, 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 which it
2: didn't, but oh, it sucks. I, I like the Wikipedia story about how Bob Mould met Grant Hart. He, he was a college freshman and would buy marijuana from Hart. Yeah. <laughs> which kind of reminds me, what's his name? Eddie Van, Van Halen died this week and I read his Wikipedia just, I, I don't know much about Van Halen, And I, I found out that the only reason David Lee Roth was the lead singer for Van Halen was because he had a sound system.
1: I mean, it makes sense. David Lee Roth was like very, uh, theatrical and stuff, but not someone you think of as a great singer. Um,
2: well, it doesn't matter if you have, the, I, I've heard, I don't know if it was a sound system, but it was something, you know, something. Yeah. He
1: probably had a PA system or something. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> it seems like he grew up with money. I don't know much about them either. Um, but, yeah, David Lee Roth definitely seems like somebody who came from, like, a fairly wealthy family to me. I don't know why I get that impression. But, um, yeah, RIP Eddie Van Halen. You know, I don't— Awesome. Not really I'll a say, fan, but I. it is funny, like, when you, you hear about it in the news and you're like, oh, but I don't really know anybody who's a Van Halen fan, but, like, literally everybody in the world knows who Eddie Van Halen is.
2: I think I know a lot of people who were Van Halen fans when— Back in the day, yeah. Right right but um it was in- also interesting to find out not to g- dwell too much on it but i didn't realize that sammy hagar was lead singer of van Helm for almost as long as david lee roth i thought it was like a blip i did too. i on. mean yeah i wasn't
1: paying any real attention at that point um yeah i did too i thought it was like two years or something but yeah, it was like 10 jeez uh, well, i remember that what was that fucking van hagar song why can't this be love? I remember that being everywhere on the radio, and just thinking how shitty it was.
2: Um, and I always thought that the "I Can't Drive 55" was a Van Halen song. I didn't know that was he did that before Van Halen. Yeah, that's the Hague. But, oh, it was. It wasn't even solo. Oh, yeah, no, it anyway. was
1: Sammy Hagar. The oh, okay. Hague. <laughs>
2: that's right. My... <laughs>
1: I mean, his real nickname is the Red Rocker, but
2: I call him the Hague. <laughs> Um, he's not a Trumper, is he?
1: Who the fuck knows? I know nothing about the dude except. He's... I just
2: find him very unlikable, and there, I have no basis for that. So I. Yeah, no, I do.
1: I remember when uh, when he replaced uh, David Lee Roth and Van Halen. I remember reading in Cream Magazine there, like, um, somehow Van Halen managed to replace the most annoying <laughs> frontman in rock with the other most annoying frontman in rock. <laughs> Well, he just seems like a big douchey guy. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you, but, I mean, he's very, he seems very bro to me. Yeah. Like, what, he's got his own, like, tequila brand and shit, you know, like, eh, whatever.
2: But Eddie Van Halen never seemed annoying anyway. He just seemed like a good guy. Yeah, it's well, because he was hard always
1: hard. smiling all the time. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll give it up. You know, he was, he was obviously very talented, um and i always did like the i think it was him and and the bass player their their backup harmonies were much better than david lee ross voice um (laughs) yeah i'll give i'll give it up for van halen why not sometimes you want to listen to just party music like van halen or acdc or something that's that's just dumb i get it i just it's you know it's not i can't take a steady diet
2: of that I believe there's a new ACDC album out. Unless it's I coming out. Something. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's out yet. I saw this
2: <laughs> There's a really funny picture of a of a football player, and uh, he just won an ACDC neon sign, and he couldn't look more uninterested in it. He's just, like, standing there. <laughs> well,
1: why the fuck did he enter to win it then?
2: No, I think it was, like, promotion f- during the game. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean his dad rock man he he probably is so young he's like oh, fuck, what the fuck is this yeah. just give me a Bing Crosby sign <laughs> um alright we're done with this album very quickly as we knew we would be uh, you want to take a quick break and we'll go into the bob sure alright we'll be right back
0: We had a comrade, a brave comrade He could talk for whole days But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Jean Miro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park, greyhound racing, steeple chasing.
1: All right, we're back with
2: Bob
0: Mould, Blue
2: Hearts. That, did you listen to the Bob Mould interview on the Distraction podcast?
1: No. What's the Distraction podcast?
2: I shared it on Facebook to you, so you could see. Oh, yeah, she did.
1: The... No, I didn't. You know, so much shit happened. All oh, uh, right. Yeah, that was a bad week. It was a bad week to to try that. Um, no, I I need to do that though. Oh, thanks it's... for reminding me.
2: It's worth checking out. It's, it's a, nominally a sports podcast, but in this episode, obviously it isn't. And uh, usually it's just those two. Well, actually, it, it, they have had some guests, but it's uh, the, the, uh, uh, Drew Magary and David Roth, who are excellent writers, just talking crap. And this episode molds, molds the guest, and he has a lot of interesting things to say and stuff I never knew about, which isn't surprising because I'm not a Bob Mould super fan like you are, but I had no idea he wrote wrestling. I never knew Oh, you that. didn't know that? No. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> the early 2000s he he took some time off and wrote for wrestling. <laughs> um, so that came up in the show. They were they were who who's who do we're all huge wrestling fans um back in the day. Yeah, very strange career.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so that that came up and it's it was an interesting podcast in general because it was pretty clear that uh I mean, I knew it already, but even but the way he the kind of questions Drew Magary asked was obviously he's been a super fan since he was a teenager, and it was kind of like talking to his idol, and that was kind of neat to, to yeah, listen. I was gonna
1: to. say it's weird that they had Bob Mold on, but yeah, there you never know where the fans are. I mean, I think um, it was either Craig Kilborn or Liz Winstead or both were were fans of of Bob Mold. I know she's from maybe they're both from Minnesota. Um, but anyway, that's why he did the the Daily Show theme song. And um, there's an episode of the Daily Show when Craig Kilborn was the host, where he had Bob Mold on to sing a Christmas song, <laughs> like for a Christmas episode. So, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, new album this year, uh, Blue Hearts, and yes, I like this one. He's continuing his string of of good albums. I think. I've,
2: and I. I have a, a thing with Bob Mo albums where the first time I listen to it, I never like it.
1: I think that's I just... that's a good, that's a sign of of it can be a good sign um, a lot of times those end up being my favorite albums but I feel this I actually feel the same every time I hear a new Bob album I'm like oh and then and then it like hooks in
2: well is, is it it's good that we always have an episode about the new Bob album because. I wouldn't listen to it twice otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I like Whatever. Although I guess at this point I should learn that after the first listen, I'm probably going to li- like it on the subsequent listen, but yeah, this is, this is, this is
1: great. Yeah. I mean, he did, I think in uh, around 2008, 2009, he put out a couple albums that were really, I still have not been able to get into except for like one song from each album. Um, but yeah, no, this one, this one h- sinks in and it, it's another one. He's just, Playing to his strengths for the most part. I uh, it was funny in the email you sent me um, for your song picks. Originally you had the ocean on there. I was like, what the fuck? That's <laughs> a terrible song. Um, it. I, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's well, it's not good. Um, it's interesting though. It is, but he always kind of not always, but he tends to end albums in general with songs like that where I'm like, eh, okay, <laughs> want to do something different there. Um, But yeah, I think overall it's, it's very, um, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the songs. Um, I think the first single he released was American Crisis, which I like the lyrics, but musically it's just kind of,
2: it's boring. Yeah.
1: It's not great. Um, it's, it is very, it's just an angry song, which, which is nice in these times to have, but, but musically it's not anything special at all. Um. But other than that and the ocean, I, I pretty much liked it uh, all around. Yeah. And one um,
2: thing I learned from that interview, and it informs why I'm not always something. Uh, his albums aren't always something I like. Is and I never knew this was on purpose, but I guess I should have because I'm just an idiot. But uh, they they always mix the guitar louder than the vocals, and I would like it the opposite. Can't they do that for me? <laughs>
1: I think that that started happening when, uh, in the early nineties with, he got really into my bloody Valentine, which that was like their kind of signature. And yeah, I, I mean, I would like somebody else to, to do the producing. I mean, I guess he does have other producers, but I, I think he has a lot of say in the sound and, um, I had uh had a friend who was friends with him back when he lived in DC and he said, Yeah, I know why Bob really I think I know why Bob does all that high end stuff. It's because he he like his hearing's bad and like when he whenever I went over to his place he would be listening to music on these those tinny little speakers that came with the fucking uh <laughs> Mac computer <laughs> and I was like, Oh god, what what the fuck, man? Um but I mean, it's the sound he wants. Obviously, I I agree. Um, but you know, he's, oh yeah,
2: it's 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 on purpose. It's clearly on purpose. Yeah, he likes so. <laughs> Who am I to say?
1: He can sing, but a lot of I mean, his voice is very grating to some people. So I, I can also understand that. Um, I like his voice. I guess that's the. I best. do too. Yeah, but it's a, it's definitely one of those voices. Like you're either on board or you're not.
2: Um, What's the Bob? the bobbled al- album where he went electric. Well, you know, not really went electric, but you know what I'm saying? Where he, where everybody didn't like it because it was more like, Oh, electronic. <laughs> you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That was uh modulate.
2: That... Okay. I like that album too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we
1: saw him together on that tour.
2: Yeah.
1: Although it wasn't a great, it wasn't the greatest show. Cause it was just him with, uh, with backup tapes and him playing guitar and vocals. But, <sighs> um, yeah, no, it's this is a good album and and a lot of just short brief songs that make their point and get out of there.
2: Yeah, um, there's yeah, it's all short songs. Is there anything over 2 minutes? I mean, not two, uh, over 3 minutes. The Ocean, that's the only one.
1: Okay. Um yeah, everything else is under 3. So the first song we're doing um was the now the third single um and it's your pick. Siberian Butterfly
2: what Which is you, my favorite song on the album. It's I think mine pretty. too. It's, it's
1: definitely like the most old school, catchy pop. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it. That's no. about it. It's, it's,
1: yeah, it's a good song. It could be a sugar song. Um. Yeah, no, it's, it's everything he does well uh, in, in one song. Let's just take a listen. And, so I, I,
2: I, I, yeah. I, think, I think part of, like what I was saying, I had to listen to it a couple times. It, it just takes me a while to get, through the uh, like the noise of the, the guitar to, to hear the song yes yeah i can't hear it the first time but it's kind of like staring at one of those those magic old, eye magic eye things where once you hear it you can't unhear it and it's really good and this yeah is an example of that and i mean
1: that's always been his thing is is melody um underneath noise and, and you gotta mm-hmm. dig for it so yeah i agree um here is siberian butterfly and the next pick is also yours.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's a fun racing fast to the song. end. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, racing to the end. Yeah. Oh, I know the thing about the thing that really struck me about this, and you're gonna hate me for saying this, is the way the way his um, he was expressing his uh, his singing voice was a little bit different, and it reminded me of Green Day, which was kind of funny.
1: It's it's definitely his most like kind of weirdly nasal voice on this album um (laughs) yeah yeah, i know i know what you mean but it's another one where it's just like it's under two minutes yep it does exactly what it needs to do and and another good example of um extremely high energy but still pop um Mm -hmm. which i like about it um yeah let's let's just listen Here's racing to the end which uh the same things we said about the other two songs apply to this one i mean what what can you really say it's kind of all of a piece it does i mean the first song on the album is very brief like um acoustic thing but then after that it's it's mostly just just
2: and the first song of the album is really like an expression of the times
1: yes (laughs) yeah just like i mean as is american crisis lyrically and and next generation i think too yeah um and and it he did put this album out just a year after his last one, so obviously he was he was being affected by stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I I don't know. There's there's nothing special to say about this. It's it's more of just what I like about him. Um, here is little pieces. Yeah, uh, there there were songs that um, that I didn't like at first too. That that I, like um, that really grew on me fast. Like Baby Needs a Cookie is almost like old school hard rock with psychedelic touches on it. I, I don't know. It, it's uh like you said. It since there's so much noise, um, sometimes you have to listen more to hear the the little subtler touches in there. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, which is. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um,
2: I really look forward to hearing what you think of that, that interview because it, it, it was pretty good. I, I did. I, I'm sure there's nothing in there that will surprise you because you, have but it's just, it, it was neat to hear him speak for an extended period of time, especially about the, like the pandemic and everything and how he's dealing with it. So,
1: yeah, no, I would love to. I mean, I haven't, I haven't read any real interviews with him for a long time, so I, I haven't, I haven't heard what he's thinking lately. Um,
2: and interestingly, this week's podcast, the uh, Destruction Podcast, had um, the Locks, Jadakiss, J- and <laughs> I don't remember the other guy's name. Wait, who the fuck are they? I I don't know, but I thought they were famous enough that you would know them. Hip Hop Jadakiss. Oh, the name sounds yeah. I I don't know who the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was just funny to have two in a row with them talking to musicians in the the apparently roth was a big fan but maggory didn't know who he was and he mispronounced the name to start mispronounced the dude's <laughs> name to start to show off so anyway yeah i'm glad I, we're uh, not the only ones who do it <laughs> professionals do it as well
1: um yeah i remember uh one time bob on his on his facebook page like expressed a political opinion like there was some guy who was like i i'm not i don't think this is right i think you should keep your mouth shut on politics and I don't know Ooh. if I'm going to listen to you. I'm like, I don't know how you could be a fan and not even, yeah, like, assume what his politics are. It's pretty <laughs> fucking obvious. Um,
2: Though apparently he's a landlord in San Francisco, so I don't know.
1: Oh, is he a landlord? I know he lives there. I didn't know. Well, I guess he... he He splits his time between Berlin and San Francisco, so maybe he rents his place out for... I don't know. know. Someone just
2: said that he was a landlord, so I don't know if it's true or not.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I can't imagine him being
2: a bad landlord,
1: but... No, he
2: seems like such a nice guy.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: All right. Did Um, did Hart and him ever make up?
1: Yeah, towards the end. Um, That's good. They did a, because they were both working on that Husker Du box set um, together with, with the record company and Greg and Norton, the bass player, they all, you know, uh, I don't know that they got together necessarily in person, but they, they worked with each other on that. And um, there was one point in the 2000s, maybe late 2000s or 2010s, where... Um, there was a benefit show for I think it was the the bass player for Soul Asylum who was sick, and uh, Bob and Grant got on the stage and played a few Husker Du songs together.
2: That's um, nice. Just acoustic, yeah. Now was Greg Norton ever in a feud with either of them?
1: No, he was kind of uh, neutral. I think he stayed above it all. He he said like, oh, well, to me it was like we had like the. Punk rock lennon and mccartney in the group and i was just gonna let them do their thing and try not to get involved um <laughs> no he's a nice guy too i'm facebook friends with him um it's neat yeah he's he's cool um,
2: and is what does he do now does he
1: you know he he's a chef um but he then he joined another band porcupine and then they broke up so i i don't know maybe he's gone back to being a chef now, I you know he had his own restaurant in like Red Wing, Minnesota, and and I don't know, I don't know what he's doing now. Actually, he doesn't really write about it, but he's got, um, you know, he's married and he has a couple daughters, and that's mostly what he posts about.
2: But if you're if you're in a band like Husker do at this point, like uh, Greg Norton, does he make enough money to live on based on royalties from that, or is you that no?
1: Because he he wasn't a songwriter.
2: Ah, okay. So I he doesn't mean... get anything.
1: He, he wrote a few songs, especially early on when they were, like, hardcore. Um, but, yeah, overall, he didn't... It was Bob and Grant who wrote all the songs, so... I gotcha. Um, yeah, man. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I don't know. And it's weird because Bob Mould has been playing with uh, his band now for longer than he played with Husker du, with He's right. been playing with the same two guys. Um, and they're a good band for him, I think they you know they were fans of his of Husker Du so they they always um like push him to play Husker Du songs that they like when they play live and stuff which is cool um
2: but that also means that they're total yes men
1: yeah <laughs> idiots no but I mean you know um John Worster. right have you listened to any of the Sharpling and Worster stuff
2: a little bit yeah
1: yeah he's yeah. the drummer um he's, he's really funny too. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he plays, he's also the drummer for the mountain goats and super chunk. So
2: I didn't know he was a drummer for mountain goats. Yep. He's from Philly, right?
1: Yep. He lives in Philly. Yeah. Uh, he lives in, I think he lives in, uh, in South Carolina now, but yeah, he's, he's from Philly from Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does a Philly character on Sharpling and worse his name. I can't remember right now, but it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I'm also yeah. I'm friends with Jason Nardusi too, the bass player, um, who does who does uh, these outdoor lawn concerts. He calls them, um, and and it, he gives the money to charity for those. But
2: uh, oh, they yeah. talk a little bit about that on on the on, on the episode. Distraction. Yeah,
1: they're they're both really nice guys. Um. Anyway. Uh, shall we move on to recommendations?
2: Sure. You can go first.
1: All right. Um, I have two, they're both books that I'm reading. Um, one is called how the Beatles destroyed rock and roll an alternative history of American popular music. And it's, it's, I mean, obviously a sensationalistic title, but it's not, (laughs) that's not really, he is not attacking the Beatles in it. It's, it's basically a, a history of popular music from, um, throughout the whole recording era so from like the teens on and just really super interesting um a lot of stuff i i didn't know about um and uh i one thing i didn't know was why albums are called albums uh because when you think about it it doesn't make any sense but so back in the days of 78s um when records were 78 rpm they couldn't fit as much onto uh a a disc and so for like um compilations or like longer pieces of of uh, classical music or whatever they would have multiple uh 78s in an album that you bought so then (laughs) when they came out with uh, 33 and a third long players because they played more music they just transferred the name album over to them i mean it's nerdy but it's also it's like cool you learn a lot of shit like that
2: that's neat yeah i've never heard that
1: the other one I'm reading, also nonfiction, is called Destiny of the Republic, A Tale of Madness, Medicine, and the Murder of a President, uh, which is about uh, President Garfield. I don't know why. It was probably because I did the Jeopardy test. I started getting into, like, presidential history. But, I mean, I don't know shit about the presidents from, I don't know, the the 1940s and before. So um, it's a really interesting book and, and just so different, like, the public could just come in and see the president back then. I'm like, what the fuck? That's a bad idea, but anybody could just come to the white house (laughs) and make an appointment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know, it's, it's nice, uh, being able to focus on something, uh, lost my, my beloved dog this, this past week. So, uh, definitely trying not to, um, just sit around, uh, uh, watching rewatch The Good Place, which was which was uh, nice, except for uh, the last episode, which just kind of brought it all back up again. But um, uh-huh. yeah, sucks. R.I.P. Otis, you were a good oh, dog. Otis.
2: I've met Otis.
1: Yeah. He was a funny, a funny little fat man. <laughs>
2: I was surprised how long you had him. Yeah. Didn't well, was, we didn't have time.
1: him. He was 16. We we had him for like 10 and a half years. We, we had oh, about. that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, I saw yeah. it
2: in 2004, and it didn't really track with with what, how I remembered things. Yeah. But now it does track. Okay.
1: Um, What do you got to recommend?
2: I'll start with a book. Uh, uh, it's a, a science fiction novella called This Is How You Lose the Time War. It was written by two different people and it's written chapter by chapter by chapter they they're writing letters to each other and it's it's really good it starts off kind of hard to read it was kind of esoteric and kind of hard to pick up pick up on but it's about these two combatants in a time war who are writing letters to each other secretly
1: oh i you know what i got that on on audible i for some reason i like had an audible subscription and it like that i totally forgot about it and it renewed and i was like what the fuck <laughs>
2: um
1: so yeah i got that i'll, I'll listen to that oh that's cool. yeah it's
2: it's really good it's well it's 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 not a long book it's a novella so it's it's kind of it's quick readings it's good so that'll be my first recommendation and i guess i'll go to lovecraft country well i don't think we've talked about that and we haven't no show on hbo that i've really been enjoying it's, it's yeah me too
1: well-made. it, it, it I was very confused by it for a little while. I'm like, what the fuck is happening now?
2: <laughs> um,
1: but no, I like that. about. I mean, kind of like Watchmen. Um, yeah. Which yeah. I'm glad Regina King won a won an Emmy for. Um,
2: oh, I didn't pay attention to the Emmys. That's good to hear. I just well, basically Schitt's Creek
1: won everything.
2: Which is ridiculous. No problem with that show, but there's other good shows that could have also won an award here and there. Yeah. And
1: I, I do think, um, I think that, the oh god, I can't remember her name. The daughter slash sister on the show. I think that Emmy should have gone to Darcy Carden. I think she did. Yes. Much much better work. But um, yeah, no, it was a good sh- I mean, I think Catherine O'Hara definitely deserved it. Um, did Eugene
2: Levy win one? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of. That's, I mean, I don't know if he wins it over Ted Danson, but I'd I. I like think it's a
1: yeah. <laughs> I think it's a legacy award for him. You know. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um. Yeah, but he has all his kids winning awards too. Or I guess there's one kid.
1: Yeah, yeah. His his daughter wasn't nominated, but, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Regina. Have King you watched that watch. show? What Shits Creek? Yeah. Yeah, we watched it all. I'm, you recommended I'm... it to us, and we then then we well, started watching it.
2: I watched the first couple seasons. Then I, I think it's on that channel. It was hard to watch, so I I kind of lost track of it. So now that everything's on Netflix, I'm going through it again. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's. I mean, it's nice. It's not Wait. like. Did yeah. Chris
2: Elliott win an Emmy?
1: No, he wasn't nominated. Now I'm upset. I mean, he's such a small – he's a much smaller part than anybody else. So,
2: <laughs> But, I mean – I think his I mean, wife
1: is... on the show could have been nominated too. I thought she was perfect for that role.
2: Of his long career, this is probably the most – I don't know. Probably not. But it feels like it's the, the, the biggest role he's had. Not biggest as in the biggest part of it, but the biggest as in the most popular.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely um... –
2: which is odd to think about. Although, no, there was other... Cra- oh, he was never but of the and I forget about that. So, no, that, that's... Yeah, I, I think
1: it's definitely the most mainstream role he's had. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I mean, aside from maybe his small role in there's something about Mary, which was a hit, but...
2: Right, yeah. But, like,
1: television-wise, yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I guess we're fucking done with this one. we got to come yep. up with some... Uh, something special for our 300th. So, uh, if anybody has any ideas for us, write to us at pop culture, continuum, no continuum at gmail.com. Uh, rate us highly on iTunes, write a review. If you want, uh, follow us on Facebook. I don't know why we don't post there. And most, yes, importantly, we
2: do two in a row. I've posted. Oh, well, or our, you, I mean, our social media manager has posted.
1: Yeah. Our, yes. Uh, Laurange, our social media manager um and most importantly tell your friends to listen um so we'll be back with a, a very special episode next time once we figure out something very special so until then goodbye everybody
2: goodbye